Hey, friends, before we jump into today's episode, Russ and I wanted to give you a little bit of hopefully helpful context. This conversation in particular takes a turn that we didn't plan for or anticipate, and it's pretty organic and um may create some big feelings for our listeners. And so we want to maybe change things up a little bit and ask you a couple of favors before we dive into today's episode. First, before you listen, will you kindly pray for yourself and pray for us? We're going to talk today a little bit about pronouns, and we're using it as an example to a larger conversation And again, we know that this wasn't an area that we intended to talk about, but we go there and we felt like the conversation that you're going to hear in real time will be beneficial as an example of what it looks like for us to apply theology to real life, maybe in situations that we haven't fully fleshed out in our hearts and minds and come to specific convictions regarding. And so that comes to the second favor we'd like to ask you. Please don't bounce on this episode midway. Don't leave before it's finished. Um, We had to work out a lot of things, as I said, in real time. And we want you to hear the full conversation. And then the last thing we want to ask you is we are going to post to our Instagram feed where you can comment or ask questions about today's topic. And now listen, we would expect no less from our friends and our listeners because we know you, but we want to stay charitable, winsome, and edifying as a body of Christ as we work through this really difficult and nuanced topic. Now listen, I know that's a lot of context, but we just wanted you to hear our heart that we think theology matters and it impacts real life. And you're going to hear that in real time in today's conversation. I'm Whitney Caps, And I'm Russ Greer. And you're listening to the Theology and Other Fun Stuff podcast. Where we talk about theology and other fun stuff. Because we believe that what you believe about God shows up in every area of your life. That's right. And our goal is to help you think about those beliefs in a very real and practical way. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we have uh, the beginning, uh, what we hope will be a helpful series in the month of February on love. Yeah. Not not just romantic love. That's right. But one another love, relationship yeah. love. How do we interact with people in a way that honors God and uh, is true to Scripture? That's right. Uh, and so I, I think out of the shoot, we really want to go broad with it. Yeah. Um, and tackle how do we love people yes. in general? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just, uh, just to kind of usher us into this, I... I just last night, I was when I was talking before we started recording. And, um, my middle kid Sam, um, who has just a gigantically oversized heart for people, um, and he has a gigantic kid. He has, he gigantic has kid. his heart. Actually, thankfully, you know matches what? his size. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I I just my good friend Jamie um, reminded me after we posted an episode recently. I forget which one it was. Justice, maybe the yeah. Justice episode yeah. that I began a story and listen. I, I do all the editing. So I didn't catch it when we were talking about it live. I didn't catch it in the edit. And it was not until I heard it that I failed to finish my story. I know story. what you're about to say. Yes, because I listened back and I was like, we never came back we to never, that. And like, I, not y'all, it didn't like get dropped on the cutting room floor. I just never said it because I lost my train of thought. If you ever wondered if these are happening in real time and fairly organic, 
That's proof positive. Y'all listen. So I just want to quick, quick wrap up on that. Okay. So we're at Wilderness at the Smokies and this was all of Sam having a big heart for other people. And you said that's the place that sucks Jesus right out of you. Yes. Um, I, th- I feel like we can put that on a t-shirt. So we should, um, but we're at Wilderness at the Smokies and all of a sudden we realize that there, we have like a fourth kid. It's like, okay, where, where is this? Where's this? Where'd he come <laughs> from? A bonus kid. Oh, we have a bonus kid, but like, we didn't, we didn't go there with a bonus kid. Right. Like, the bonus kid didn't ride in our car just to Tennessee, up. just there at okay. the park. I was like, oh, okay. And so we kind of, I was like, is he just kind of tagging along? But then like, we noticed that he and Sam are like talking to one another because that's just who Sam is. And I kid you not with that kid spent the whole day with our family. <laughs> in fact, at times he and Sam just went off and we're playing together, like riding rides. Doing that kind of stuff. But that's just like, that is who that he is. is. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great, segue into this story um so that's this jamie you can sleep easy now so we're talking last night at our regular family devotion time listen i will tell you our family devotion time went for like 40 minutes last night Hmm. and that was not the plan because we had already gotten home late but it was just one of those moments Hmm. where i told i told ashley at the end i was like man i'm sorry i just i know that kept going on forever but i just felt like we couldn't pass it up she's like we couldn't pass it up yeah we had to have that discussion. And and so it all kind of started with Sam saying, you know, there's a, a girl in my class who um, kind of identifies, we want to use that terminology, as a an animal. I don't remember which animal it was. Um, and we're like, we got we to gotta do this. We got to talk about this now. How do we, Sam, how do we interact? How do we love well someone that believes something that we would say is really just unreasonable mm-hmm. is, is kind of kind of crazy yeah even. um well it doesn't correspond to reality it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. and I, i'll be honest with you guys i don't read any more into this but the terms we use for those kinds of beliefs are foolish and tragically deceived mm. like our kids know what those terms mean You're, when you say terms we use that's how y'all talk about it that's in how we your talk house. about it yeah. in our house yeah. is that, that someone that believes they are mm-hmm. something other than they are mm-hmm. is foolish and tragically deceived and i don't mean to put that person down i mean to highlight the depravity of that situation yes. and, and unfortunately, how the enemy is at work. the success and, yes. of Satan yes. in that life. And so we had a conversation that really, it didn't lead to us talking about this because it just happened last night. We decided on this, you know, over a week ago, yeah. but I think it sets up this conversation well, because what we want to talk about today is how do we love others? Well, those that think like we do and act like we do, but also those that don't think anything like we do and don't act anything like we right. do. Right. So I, I'll I will toss that up and you just you just go ahead and hit that out of the park. Well, we're going to talk about. But I do want to remind you, lest someone else listen, goes. But wait a minute, you didn't finish the story. I do think we need to circle back to the instruction that you gave Sam. I think it's going to be helpful, but because we want to talk about, I think there are differing levels of responsibility and accountability. That's fair. For adults versus 12 year old Sam. Yeah. And so, we can, Sam's still 12, right? Yeah. He's yeah, still, yeah. And we can come back to that. And yeah, so I want us yeah. to come back to that at the end because I don't want to leave you hanging. And because I think your, um, your processing of that with Sam is helpful. And I suspect we will have listeners whose kids are having to deal with very culturally salient but serious um topics like that. They're not immune. So um, we have titled this loving versus lauding or um, um, 
affiliation versus affirmation. How do we live in relationship with people that we don't agree with? And I want to tell you, um, we started this conversation and I said to Russ, I think it's going to be two different episodes. I, I, I think we're going to have, how do we love well those inside the family of God and those outside the family of God? I went to scripture pretty convinced in my own head that those were going to be two different responses. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bury the lead. I actually now think they're the same. And so I want to build the case for you that there is a single goal with all of these relationships and it's irrespective of if someone is a Christ follower or not. So let's talk about that just a little bit. And and to kind of kickstart it, because um, I think maybe this is helpful language. So I went to, well, we know, we know if you are breathing, I, I use this term often, um, not millennial in the years that you were born, if you are breathing millennial air. Yeah. So so if you're alive today, you're you're breathing millennial air. I don't care if you're 80 or if you're 18. If you're kind of if this is the the stream that you're swimming in, it's helpful to think about what does the world say love is? Mm. Because that's where it gets really dicey. And yeah. one of my favorite apologists, Evan Posey, and um Evan, we joked about you on a, on another episode. So I, I want to say Evan Evan um his spiritual gift is precision. When it comes mm-hmm. to talking about these things, um, we invite his feedback often. But one of the things Evan says is that we have to ask really good questions when we engage in gospel conversations, yeah. because we don't want to make assumptions about what somebody else is saying. And this is one where I think knowing what the world says love is, is helpful for us when we think sure. about, can I be affiliated with or associated with somebody, but not necessarily affirm them? Let me tell you, the world would say no. Because, listen, I know this is going to sound funny, but the reason theology matters is because the world is asking these questions of one another. So I found tons of research, feedback, threads, communities, forums on Reddit, on Quora, on all of these secular places where people are asking these questions. And the church better have a good answer. And so the answers that were offered in those secular environments weren't great. Let Mm. me give you one. This is what a Reddit thread, um, this is what somebody posted, a ton of feedback on there. They said, to really love someone, you need to respect them as a whole person with their own opinions, preferences, values, goals, dreams, and flaws. You don't have to agree with everything they say or do. And I was like, huh, okay, I'm there. But you should accept them for who they are and support their growth and happiness. Mm. I, I don't know about you. I think the world would say, man, that's a great holistic approach to loving people. The problem is our love in that context lets them define what human flourishing is. And this is the danger because in our cultural moment, human flourishing is me defining what is healthy and happy for me. And in our cultural context, self-expression is the highest moral good. And so for you to love me means that you have to affirm, you have to Mm. say yes and amen to what I say is my happiest, healthiest version of me. Well, And by extension, if you carry that to its nth degree, what you're saying is not only are they determining what human flourishing is, they're determining truth. Yes. That's and, exactly and right. And that is where things get even more dangerous. Yes. I mean, human flourishing dangerous enough, mm-hmm. but truth 
even more so. Absolutely. And so this is, I want to say, um, this is a little bit more complicated than I thought it would be. Um, it seems like everything we talk I mean, about. I mean, man, I have the we 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 have the best ideas, and then we get Super into it, and we're intentions. like, crud. I think we might be out of our depth here. So anyway, I may be out of my depth. Um, we may let Evan listen to this and tell us, hey, you need to go back and correct this, or and we will happily receive <laughs> happily receive that. That may be what he says. Yeah. Anyway, and so um, one one of the ways that we think about this scripturally is we go to texts. Like, um, let me go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Let me begin reading in verse 37. Uh, Let me begin in 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. So again, what does it mean to love? Well, we have the world's explanation of that. But but Jesus is saying the prerequisite to loving your neighbor as yourself, and we could unpack that, maybe we will another time, another place, but is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Because on a biblical worldview, we would say that God defines human flourishing by his design, his decrees, and demands. Now, the reason I make that distinction is because God's decrees is where he says something foundational about truth, where he says, this is reality. Mm -hmm. God defines truth and reality. And so our truth has to correspond to reality. Let me put a pin in that for just a minute. It's one of the reasons I will not use someone else's pronouns because it doesn't correspond to reality. And God's decrees define reality. Now, it's not just what he says about reality. It's what he says, I am responsible to live out in terms of that reality. His holiness and where I am are his demands. And he demands that I live in a way that is wholly consistent with how he defines reality. Those are the demands that he placed on us. But culture would not see that as loving. Well, now, so let me push back a little bit on pronouns. Happily. All right. Um, I, I'm get, we're getting this before I think we plan to, but here's here's where we talked to Sam. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Let, yeah. So, um, but it fits. So let's 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 hit it while we're, while we're here. So he said, well, what do I do? I call her a he or a her? I mean, she's or an it or a, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that. This this actually had this conversation had had morphed into another student who is uh, born uh, a female wants to be a male if I identifies as a male. Um, do I just call her him? Do I call her whatever the name was mm-hmm. that she goes by now. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, I was listening to a podcast some months ago. It was actually Sean McDowell, Josh McDowell's mm-hmm, son, mm-hmm. Um, had asked his dad, "Hey, if you met." someone who doesn't believe mm-hmm. on the street mm-hmm. and they, it was clear that they were not living in reality, mm-hmm. that they were saying something that they weren't, yes. they were something that they weren't. How would you deal with it? Would you call them by what they prefer or what they really were? And he said, and I love this and I want to, I'm here. I'm curious what you think about it. He said, if calling them by a particular pronoun, now this is Josh McDowell evidence that demands a verdict. Like, I knew, I thought I knew exactly what he was going to say. Mm-hmm. He said, if calling them a him or a her 
is going to give me the opportunity to share Jesus with that person. I don't really care. Mm. Mm -hmm. So how does that sit with you? So here's what I would say about that. Yes, but. Okay. Here's my yes, but. Most of us simply don't want to have the gospel conversation. Good point. So if I am using a pronoun to avoid conflict, nope. Okay. That's not okay. I think that's a helpful distinction, though. If so, one, um, and this is maybe helpful because this is now one of the filters that I use around these kinds of conversations. My dad had a principle growing up for Evan and I. I'm sure Evan heard it as often as I did. Christ followers must be on a kingdom agenda because if we're not, we're going to end up being on the world's agenda. Mm. There's no neutral. His idea is, you know, you're, you're, there's a stream and you are going downstream or you are swimming against it. Sure. There is a current. None of us are just sitting. And so um, I don't disagree with McDowell, one, because I'm like, how dare I? (laughs) However, I think most of us would have to be super honest with ourselves and before the Holy Spirit to go, am I going to use their pronoun because I want to avoid conflict or because I intend to engage with the gospel? Mm. And if it's to avoid conflict, then I misrepresent the gospel when I affirm something that isn't true and walk away. If I want if I want to engage with them and I intend to lovingly walk through any kind of conversation that's going to move towards Jesus, I'll concede that. I'm not sure that's what most of us intend. I think we could talk about that, just that nuance mm-hmm. for a while. We could. Um, so maybe we stick a pin in it and try to come back at the end. Sure. Um, and if there's not time, we'll we'll put it into an episode. Yeah, we'll punt it to that, an episode. Is that fair? Yeah, because I think probably a lot of us are going, man. Okay, I, I think I think I know what I would do, but in your case, I've got a twelve year old that right, I'm trying right. to counsel what to do. So yeah, yeah. let's circle back yeah. to that. So this idea that the culture wants to go, no, 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 no. Loving is you letting me to use your language live my truth. Yeah. Now we might go, okay. So how do I engage in a relationship with that individual? That might look really different than somebody who is in the church. Sitting with the text and going to a couple of really trusted sources, I'm not sure it does. Because though, if you were going to be my friend, and you know I'm in the church and you know I love Jesus, I think many church people. Why are you whispering? (laughs) Because I'm not sure this is true, but it also might hurt some feelings. Okay. Well, if you say it, if you whisper it, then people won't turn it up. Maybe it won't sound so ugly. But listen, chief of sinners, I'm chief of sinners. Go back to the whispering voice. I like it. I, I, I think we may say, no, you need to love me and let me live my truth mm. because I want to excuse sin. Yeah. There are sins that are my pet sins that are off limits. Mm. I don't want you to talk about, I don't want you to talk about this. Yeah. I don't want you to get in my business about this. This is, And so where I landed is I, I, I actually think it's all the same. I think maybe we're just a little bit more covert, Jesus-y, churchy. We're living. No, just let me live my truth, man. Mm. We just don't say it. Well, and and we know well that we want to be disciples, but we don't want to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. That's good. That you know is I mean? good. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. We we want we want to be called disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't want to be disciplined. That's right. So, what is the difference between love and acceptance? That's really where we get to. And so, um, let me just give you a couple of. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of talking points, and then we may 
I'll see what time we have. We may circle back and unpack these. Um, The reality is that you and I should accept people. So our relationships should be accepting and also aspirational. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. I was going to ask. The best relationships should say, hey, I see where you are. But the gospel will not permit you to stay that way. Mm. I see where you are. But you are not the best that you could be. Yeah. And what I just said is true, whether somebody is inside the kingdom or outside the kingdom. We used to, um, we would, this was big, um, maybe in the aughts, 90s, I don't remember. Did you just refer to the 2000s as the aughts? I heard that's the technical term. Really? I had to look it up. I heard that's the technical term for the aughts, for the 2000s. Color me educated. I don't know. Listen, y'all Google it. I had to Google it. Maybe maybe it's only Sorry. one person. I didn't mean to derail did. your train. I just, <laughs> it's okay. I, anyway, not everybody talking whenever about it was. Whenever it was when we were in the, the secret sensitive to the OOs. <laughs> OO? OO? Anyway. Oh, that's not good. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. On. That was fun. lost on me. So. Yeah. Anyway. It's the, uh, I heard it was the odds may not be. It was when we were all about seeker sensitivity in the church. Sure. So whenever that was for you, we would say, listen, we just want people to come as they are. Okay. I remember that. The problem is for many churches, we never moved them past come as you are, but you may not stay that way. That's right. I would submit to you when we think about loving or lauding association versus affirmation, affiliation versus affirmation, whatever those words are. We're committing the same mm, sin. I think you're I think you're spot on. We are saying you can come as you are. And there is a lot of progressive Christianity all wrapped up in that. Sure. But the gospel says, but you cannot stay that way. Mm. And the reason that matters and where this bumps into and why it's maybe more complicated than just a brief conversation here is because it has to do with your soteriology, what you believe about salvation has to do with your homardiology, what you believe about sin. Not Every time I see that, I, th- I think Havarti cheese, which is mm. not what I said. So homardiology. Anyway, and anthropology, what you believe about us being made in God's image. And so all of those kind of are in this soup. And here's where I land. And then maybe this is the helpful place for us to go back to the conversation with Sam. Because I agree that our relationships are about acceptance and the aspiration for us to be who Christ wants us to be. I affirm that we are hopelessly broken for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For those outside the kingdom, it means you cannot possibly know what human flourishing looks like apart from the gospel. That's right. And as you said, you are darkened and deceived. And so why on earth would I affirm a version of human flourishing that is actually a lie? Your truth is a lie. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, what I believe about salvation for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, because of what I believe about the doctrine of sin, that we are so utterly broken, that we misinterpret truth all the time and call a lie a truth and a truth a lie. 
the gospel must speak into that. And because of what I believe about everyone being made in the image of God, meaning how God made you gives him the right and the authority to define reality and then to hold you accountable to it as your maker. All of those things mean all of my relationships. I should be looking for ways to point you towards the aspirational hope of what you could be, mm-hmm. of the life that you could have in Jesus. Now, this is where it gets complicated. Sure. Am I capable to do that in a way that 12-year-old Sam is not? Yeah. Yeah. Am I accountable to do that in a way that 12-year-old Sam is not? I'd still say yeah. Yeah. And so I understand probably that the conversation that you had with Sam and that some of you may have with your 12-year-olds, your 16-year-olds, your 18-year-olds may look different. different. And I I already know you're going to ask the question, well, when do we flip the switch? When does that accountability change? I I think it has to do with knowing your kid, Mm -hmm. knowing the environment that God has called you to put them in, and how we are to instruct them. I want to offer, before you jump in, I want to offer one of my, my favorite quotes that I've heard of recent. If you're curious about this topic, I would encourage you to Google and read anything by Rosaria Butterfield. Be prepared to have your toes stepped on. But one of the things she says is we cannot be a soft presence in Sodom. And so we have to be committed to upholding biblical truth and worldview. And from the world's perspective, that's probably going to feel hard and harsh. Mm. But if I believe that God defines human flourishing and holds accountable those who live outside of it in the name of the gospel, why would I want to be a soft presence in Sodom? Yeah. Now, is that Sam? I mean, I, that's, that's, re- that's really where you and Ashley step in as the authority to go, how do I help Sam love well? Well, and, and here's what I'll tell you where we landed. Um, and, and parents feel free to take a play out of our playbook or to push back and say, nah, I think you, I think you landed soft or I think you landed too hard. I, what, yeah. Whatever. I, um, I will say, I don't think we landed too hard. Um, but where we, where we did land was we said, Sam, we did break it down into the context of the relationship, mm-hmm. um, which I think is helpful for a kid. Um, and there again, when I was a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Yes. When I became an adult, I put mm-hmm. away childish, childish things. things. And so, again, putting away childish things doesn't ever mean that childish things were bad. It means they were germane to childhood. That's right. And so I think this may be, again, this is, it's not new, but it it has taken on new flesh, this mm-hmm. this conversation that we are now having. Right. Um, and so we're, well, let me get to the, let me get to the point here. We told Sam, hey, bud. For someone that you know casually that you don't have relationship with, um, I think we would advise you to not be a barrier by being a wartime general and saying, God made you a girl. I'm going to call you she. It's even in love, it is hard to say that. To a kid. Mm-hmm. Now we could back up and say, why is a kid even going through this? But in large part, we know because the days are evil. I mean, like yeah. it, it's, yeah. it, it is where we are. So we, that, that's a really a fruitless conversation, mm-hmm. but I think, I think, and 
I would say we stand by what, what we said to Sam was outside the context of relationship. I'm not sure how helpful it is for you to rain down gender identification fire on another 12 year old, mm. but instead to be kind and I'll say respectful. I'm not, I know. Cause that word has been become squishy pregnant with um, cultural context and, and call that, that person by the pronoun that he or she ascribes to mm. and pray like there's no tomorrow mm. that the Holy spirit would do what only he can do mm. in that heart. Mm. And I think that's, I think that's, I think it's good advice. Mm. Now, in the context of relationship with maybe a 12 year old, he does know that mm. says the same thing mm. that knows where Sam stands. I think that's a different conversation. Mm. So that's the only place I would, I would say that I think maybe relationship mm-hmm. does matter mm-hmm. um, is either in maturity mm-hmm. or in age. And mm. a lot of times those go hand in hand, but not necessarily um, put, push back on that. What, what, what do you think? Well, Res- let me just respond say, to that. Um, I, I hesitate to say what we would do because Chad's not here. And so um, this would be one that we would want to be in agreement on. Sure. Sometimes we disagree on things. I, th- I think I'm going to tell you what I think. I think we would disagree. Okay. Not because necessarily anything you have said is wrong. Again, this is one where I think um, this is interpretation based on your kids. You you know Sam better yeah. than I do. I'm thinking if this were Tate. I think we would have counseled Tate to say, I love you too much to lie to you. So I'll be your friend, but a friend who calls you she. Hmm. I think that, that would have... That would have been my, and here's why I'm, here's why I'm thinking that this is, this is off the dome because I didn't know um, yeah, this no, example. Sorry. No, it's okay. I, listen, and I'm ha- listen, the great thing about theology and other fun stuff is if I'm wrong, I'll come back and go, you know what? I got that wrong. Not, not mad yeah. about that. Um, because I think that you're saying I want to lay groundwork for a relationship. Not wrong. I think I'm laying groundwork potentially when Tate says that. I think he is laying groundwork for a gospel conversation. I'm not sure either are right or wrong, but to go, I love you too much to tell you a lie. If the Holy Spirit works in this kid's heart, maybe they come back and go, hey, can you tell me more about that? Mm. I don't know. I just think, I I think off the dome, that's what I would say. And now I'm asking you to speak hypothetically. Do you think Tate could do that? I do. Okay. I, um, so again, y'all don't know our kids in real life, but my one of the gifts that my husband has is that he is a truth teller mm-hmm. and he sees things very black and white. Yeah, that's true. And most of my kids have inherited that. Yeah. And so that is something that is unique. I think, again, this is why I think it's dependent on your kid. M- my kids behave. Sometimes I have to be like, oh, it's, 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 it's not as black and white as you would like for it to be. Sure. So. I do think that's because I know Tate and I think he could do that and say that well. Also, um, my kids, um, this is not always a virtue, so I'm not saying this is virtuous. 
my kids don't always aren't always wounded by what other people think. Sure. And some kids are. That's yeah. that's a that's a again, I'm not saying that's virtuous. That may mean sometimes they're not as empathetic as they should right. be. So right. again, I'm I mean that. And I I know that in Sam's sword, case, yeah. he has high empathy. Yeah. Um so I in that regard, those are reasons why I think Tate could say that and be okay. Yeah. So again, I hope y'all hear us working this out in real time and going, we're not saying they're hard and fast rules. Mm-hmm. What I hope you would hear is us as two parental units, Russ and Ashley and Chad and Whitney going, here's theologically why we would infuse yeah. that conversation the way we are. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, again, I don't, and maybe, listen, maybe we'll go back and have further conversation about it. Maybe you guys will. Um, it came up. We had to address it because it is the world in which we live. Yes. Um, and I don't want to shy away from that. The yeah. last thing I want to do is to say, ah, we'll talk about that later. Yes. Um, so we talked about it then. Mm-hmm. Um, did we nail it? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly given me something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always our hope for you as listeners is that you have something to think about. And listen, we may have to come back and finish this conversation at another time and tell you how it went um, yeah. or how I changed my position or how you changed, or I yours. changed mine. That's um, right. Also, somebody told us at the very beginning, it's good for us to disagree every now and then. So <laughs> I don't, we go. didn't do that by design. Not intentionally. Um, I hope this is good. I, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's beneficial for us to talk through these things that are here and now. Absolutely. They're in our faces. Yes. Whether we like it or not. And all we would say is using pronouns, not using pronouns, adult, child, or otherwise. I hope you did for me what I would do for you is to go, tell me why you thought that way. And our hope is that we're encouraging you to go, well, here's here's the kingdom reason that we approach that conversation that way. And there could be two different kingdom approaches to that, right? I would argue yours was much more relational. Mine was maybe much more intellectual. I don't know that either is wrong, but we should be able to talk about it with our kids and go, here's the why. Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully they'll, again, if we can, if we can get them to process one thing that way, then we can get them to process everything that way. Amen. And that's the, that's the goal. Um, And so, as you're having those conversations, those thoughts, um, man, we hope that you will, when your kid opens a door like that, I mean, my prayer is that you would run through it mm-hmm. to have that kind of conversation with them and not leave it on the table for tomorrow, because I promise you tomorrow will come and someone will forget and it won't be as as poignant and and as relevant as it is in that moment. That's good. When, when they're asking about it. And so don't miss those opportunities that God offers us to have meaningful conversation with family, with friends about stuff that matters a whole lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Theology and Other Fun Stuff. Be sure to follow us on socials at Theology and Fun or visit our website, theologyandfun.com. For more info about Simple Seminary, visit simpleseminary.org. For booking inquiries, visit whitneycaps.com. And remember, life and theology are always intersecting, so let's talk about it. Oh.